Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the wise man, Matt Mears. Hello and welcome to another edition here of the Splinters the Bench Podcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM. And wherever you get your good and bad podcasts, I am the wise man, that means. And we've got another one of our huge cricket podcast previews coming to you. We've done grade cricket part one. We've done grade cricket part two. It's now time for Shires. That's right. It is the 2022-23 Shires preview here on Splinters. And uh, to make sure we get the... What's going on? What's happening around the Shires um, world in the next uh, six months or so? We tried to get the best, but we ended up with these two. Taking a night off, firstly, from hosting duties, the most hated man in Roseville. He is also a member of our Triple H team. He is also a member of the Ringer Men in Green. He is Anthony Caruso. Anthony, good to have you on the opposite side here. On splinters for once, have, have, I, have I been knifed that I'm now no longer in the um, in the uh, anchor chair at the moment? Well, I'm I'm just taking over this week. After maybe maybe we can just say you're just in a little bit of a timeout after what happened in uh, part one and part two of the uh, the great episodes. That um, we'll just switch it around a little bit this week, and um, oh, what, did, I'll, did I'll Cam- take control. Oh, what did Campbelltown Camden have another whinge? <laughs> Well, we had to get the lawyers out. We won't say with what because uh, I'm still scared that they're going to come back after me. But um, we did have to have the lawyers out again. But as I said, we will we will preface this at the start. A lot of the stuff we're talking about, unless the guys that we've got here know for sure, a lot of this is rumors. Um, they, they may or may not come true. Shock of all horrors. But um, we do our best here, and we love to give the uh, the all the all the competitions as much love as we can. And obviously, sometimes we get things wrong. Let's just remember that. But to join Caruso, mate, when I heard this man was going to be on with us as well, I did a little bit of a punch in the air. We'd love to have him here on Splinters, and this is one of his big topics that we love hearing from him about. From Alive 90.5, he is the most hated man in Epping. There's a seem to be a theme on this show. He's also from uh, the Northwest Hurricanes. Macca, Dave McDonald. Dave, great to have you here for this episode of Splinters. G'day, Mizzy. Uh, mate, thank you for having me and uh, Mr. Caruso. Well, again, someone's got to keep him to a time limit per, uh, per topic, <laughs> mate. So um, you're definitely the man for that, Matt. Um, uh, listen, guys, very exciting. Um 100 years of Shires cricket, uh, massive um, massive season coming up. Of course, last year was a bit of a mishmash, of course, with predominantly one-day cricket, and it was really tough, but uh, really exciting uh, the season ahead, guys. But, of course, the weather may play a part, again, in the early part, but we won't worry about that. We'll plan ahead, oh. and I look forward to looking into some of these teams because there are a few changes, guys. Well, there certainly is, and that's what we love to go through these previews, uh, see who's going which way, where, or the other. But, um, yeah, one of the thing, big things, the return of two-day cricket, we're seeing it in a lot of competitions. A uh, few people cheering, a few people um, not so cheering. I know, I know I don't look forward to fielding for 70 overs uh, this summer. I'm sure there's a few people that are, that are looking forward to it as well, but... Um, we better get started here. As said, it's time to get started with another big edition of Splinters. 
And first off, we have going in alphabetical order. We won't, don't want to show any favorites here, but uh, the Auburn District Cricket Club, the Auburn Eagles, they were fourth and semi-finalists last year in third grade. They finished third in the club championships. And Anthony, a really big transfer right off the bat. Oh, wow. This this is absolutely big. It's been a lot of activity down at uh, the Dave Triple A complex. And we're going to start off. And one that the two of them that Macca is salivating over right now, Corey Lowe and Gagandeep Dillon have both left Auburn for Northwest Sydney. Macca, huge signing, but a big hole is now going to be left here for Auburn. No, agreed. I probably would have chosen slightly different words for that one, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, listen, without doubt, uh, Corey's been probably one of the best players in the competition for a while. He's got great, obviously, experience through his Premier Cricket days. Um, it was not something, oh, I suppose, we actively pursued. It was more thrown out there. I think, by the sounds of it, I think he uh, may have been interested previously, but the uh, powers of beat the Hurricanes didn't do the job. Um, I think it was a no-brainer for Corey to come across. I think he loves what is developing out there. He's from. Uh, the Western side, and uh, again, we've got a pretty good social culture as well, but that is, I think, for me, would be the signing, probably the signing of the season so far, because again, his leadership skills are are, are quality. Uh, Again, he tops the run scoring charts on a regular basis, so yeah, it's probably one of the biggest pieces of news to come out of the comp. The other ones that have uh, have occurred so far, uh, Amanjot Singh has been signed by Auburn, the other rumour that's going around at the moment, Mac, and this will be fascinating to see if this does come off, the Azimi brothers, rumoured to be making a comeback to Auburn. And it's it's been a while since we've seen the return of brothers into the competition because, of course, once upon a time, this lineup was a, a third of it was basically the Bursa and Jalil family. Interesting one, yes. Um, well, of course, well, as you know, Auburn have got to fill some gaps. So, um, no, I think it's a it's a good score for them. The challenge I was going to say, Mizzy, with this is that, that Auburn had built up a very strong reputation of being very good bats and having some very handy bowlers. But the loss of Corey Lowe and the loss of Sean Cleesby, it, you know, it leaves big gaps in their batting lineup. And all of a sudden, this starts looking pretty shaky. Well... Yeah, think, we'll go to you, Macca, yeah, first. Sorry, mate. You yeah, sorry, with, with those, you you did right. You you did right. Um, I've got to say, I obviously only just found out about it. I'm miffed why Sean Cleesby has gone to Pennant Hills. Uh, I can only presume one thing. Um, do we have a do we have a, a little uh, cha-ching sound effects? I'm yeah, oh, yeah, that's that. probably, yeah, probably right. <laughs> um, there's no salary cap anymore. Yeah, I, that's again. I, I've just found that, but again, I think. Well, yeah, Corey's going to leave a big hole for them. Um, who's going to be there? Who's going to lead them? Yeah, well, they said that that is big questions well, from all. I mean, that's very big questions indeed, and I hate to and I hate to think um, how they're going to be able to cover this up now. All right, boys. Well, we've gone through the teams um, predictions first. For you, Maka, I said you, you've made a lot of great points there. Um, a lot of a lot of um, spots to fill. Where do you think though they can end up this season? Mm. Oh, again, these are. So hard. Um, listen, I think that's going to make a difference. Listen, I think they're going to be, if not in the six, just just outside it. I think they're going to probably jump. I think drop a couple of spots this year. Caruso, I, I think they're going to be middle five. I think they miss out on finals. 
I think that's, that's too big a drop for them. Yeah, well said. I mean, losing some big name players like that, it is certainly difficult to uh, to replace them uh, quite easily without uh, getting the big names in. But um, we'll move along next. The defending premiers, the Balmain South Sydney Cricket Club, the Rabbitohs, first uh, on the ladder and premiers. They finished sixth in the club championship. So that, that just says a bit about the depth that they've had here. But as said, when, when everything's going your way, Caruso, that sometimes you just keep the band together. They do, and no, no word of changes in this team at the moment. And Maka, this is a, a team that's been built, although it's been built around uh, Tamadol Islam, um, they've now got the foundations of a very solid first-grade team with a lot of these guys playing fin- fringe second grade for the um, UNSW even just a few years back. This is a team that's going to be competitive, but the question is going to be, will they handle the change to two-day cricket? Excellent question, Anthony. Um I think that two-day cricket does throw a whole different perspective into this season. But as you said, they've really got the basis of a good, solid uh, side. Um, I think that, as you said, the the venture or the the work with University of New South Wales has certainly been of a great advantage to them as other clubs have similar relationships with great clubs. I Listen, I think they're going to be right up there again. I, I, again, I think they've even though, it's, as I said, we're looking at two-day cricket this year, again, they've got some strength all around the park. The other one that they've um, the other one that they've benefited here from, uh, Macca, is they, they've picked up players um, from the now-defunct Macquarie University. And, yes, we can confirm that Macquarie University as a cricket club is officially no more. Uh, in particular, Afan Haider, uh, one of the Haider brothers coming over, and he played a very pivotal role with Macquarie Uni for a very competitive team coming over to Balmain South Sydney, just really bolstering up the middle order. Um, yeah, actually, I coached his younger brother, um, who was a handy cricketer. Sorry, I'm just going to backtrack, Anthony. I believe Macquarie University are still active as a cricket club, playing in the Northern Suburbs competition uh, on synthetic. I think they've got one team, so they're still alive just. Um, on, oh, life support. <laughs> on life support. Is Chris Griffiths Jones still playing for them, I wonder? No. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> no, no, no. We like him on the we like him on Splinters. No, he's good man, actually. Uh, can play. I've been to a few football referee referee seminars, but no, he can play, and I'm not going there still. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, as I said, we did say mention that they finished sixth in the club championship. It was their best performance in a long time in the club championships as well. When you think that all those points are weighted for first grade and that's they, they finish down in six, obviously they, they might have some depth issues, but as long as everybody stays fit and healthy, how how um, how well do you think that they'll go to uh, look at going back-to-back? I think top four at least. I, I'll back you there, Anthony. I think, uh, again, they'll be up there again. I just But I just want to make a comment on the club championship. Some of their lower grades weren't very strong. I think that six was obviously um, a lot of it due to the points uh, at the top end of the scale. Mm. Um, so, again, if they want to push the, the club championship, you've got to be cons- obviously consistent across all the grades and not strong in one or two and weaker in, in two. So that's where, obviously, Balmain South have got their challenges. We'll move along to uh, who played uh, Balmain South Sydney in the grand final last year and finished second on the 
on the table. They're also first in the club championship, so you can you can tell that they've got the depth here. That's the Burwood Briars, and again, Anthony, it seems that um, they said that a strong performance last year, and they keep the band together. Why would you change this lineup? It's been one of the strongest, most consistent clubs in years. There's a reason they've won 11 club championships in the row. They have been the standard bearers here. And Maka, they did it last year, even without the services of Ryan Corns and Nick Govers. Well, Burwood are one of those clubs that just doesn't matter uh, who comes in or comes out. They continue uh, to just build every year strength to strength across the grades. They've got an incredible club culture, um, which I think aids to their continual strength. Um, Again, it's 10 in a row club championships. Um, Again, second. uh, They were second, of course, in grand finals. It's hard to think that they're not going to do something similar uh, again this year. Um, uh, Again, yeah, it's hard. can we? It'd be good to see something different. I think every club apart from Burwood would like to see something different, but it's hard to see <laughs> otherwise. Uh, uh, sorry, Anthony, are these? Is this going to be one of the teams that's really going to relish the return to two day cricket? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, one day cricket they've they've always been handy, but in, at the top grade, uh, probably a little bit weaker the lower down you get. But when you play two crate two two day cricket, their biggest strength especially when it comes to club championships, is how readily they get outright wins, which are absolute gold for the club championship. So I think they'll they'll absolutely relish it. And at the top, in the top grade, the man you got to watch out for here is Brenton Wright. He is in an absolute class act with bat and ball. Um, you know, he's got the likes of Max Squire, Jack Kovacic and Stephen Davis around him, but he is the fulcrum of this lineup here. Whenever he gets, whenever Burwood's in trouble, he's there to bail him out every time. Well, we'll go to our predictions and first, Macca, is there any reason we don't see them being at the, the tippy top again? No, nah, lock it in, Eddie. Uh, and Anthony? Yeah, same thing. Locked for top four. They'll be competing for trophies all the way through. Well, we'll move along to the next one in our list here, and uh, we will we will say that the any any uh, comments made here by uh, Dave McDonald are his and his alone, and do not represent uh, the rest of us on this panel. And it is the Epping Bulls, um, fifth in first grade, fifth also in the club championships last year. And Anthony, we look through the transfers, and after a couple of uh, quiet teams. Seems to be a couple of players of note here that uh, are popping up on the radar for the Bulls. Well, we need to report first off that it is rumoured that Ian Jander has left Epping for Strathfield. I mean, that's big if he's left them because uh, he's been he's been handy for Epping the last couple of years. The, the, the big change is going to be in the coaching staff. They may sneak in for a game here or there. The first one there is Tim Sparks. He's had a stint playing uh, player coach at Port Melbourne. He has now come across to Epping. Joining him in particular, Maka, Safan Hassan from UNSW, probably one of the more damaging bats, especially a couple of years ago when UNSW had that dream run to the final of the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. I did listen. If he does play, it's going to be a, a very handy addition for Epping. Um, but uh, again, I see uh, Epping as um, being one of those clubs that's just slowly building, building, um, again, getting everything working in-house and um, particularly with their coaching department, they've worked very hard on that and they're starting to see 
uh, the benefits of those. I thought, um, well, obviously, I played third grade against them and two of the toughest battles I think I've played against uh, in there. They've got some good young cricketers coming through the ranks. Just got to learn what to say and who who you say it to at the appropriate times. But I think, again, I think Epping are a club um, that are really starting to lock themselves in in that top echelon of clubs uh, across the grades. They're a, they're a club that has been known to be um, quite strong in one-day cricket. The other thing that they're very strong in is being the under-24s. They really know how to bring their their kids through. The Frank Gray Shield has been uh, one that have had quite a bit of success in. Uh, and a lot of the players in this team were part of the, the Frank Gray Shield, that um, squad that really came to the fore over the last couple of years. The other player for note is the former Macquarie Uni player, Manchu Ward. Uh, he's played a very critical role since he's moved over from, from Macquarie University. The If there is a weakness in their team, and there is, they have been known that if things don't start going their way, um, to collapse and to collapse in spades. I know a few other teams that have done that as well. <laughs> that seems yeah. to be a cricket problem, not just a team problem. But um, Paddy collapses aside, Macca, how do you think they'll go this year? Oh, it's hard to say. Caruso? They're very good at one-day cricket. They're not as good when it comes to two-day cricket. It's a real wild card, this one here. For mine, if, if Tim Sparks and Safan Hassan play, I would elevate them to dark horses. If they don't, they'll be in that middle five scrap for the finals. All right, and we'll move along the next team in our list, being uh, the Georges River District Club, the Two Blues, uh, 12th in first grade, ninth in the club championship. Other than having a, a bit of a fan of Splinters here in their team lineup, Caruso, uh, there's no, nothing of real note to talk about. Uh, another team that's keeping the band together. Yeah, indeed. Uh, first off, Peter Andonopoulos, uh, thank you very much for messaging us and you know, joining you in some of the banter. We hope we might have to get you on the show at some point. It'll be a bit of fun. Um, George's River, um, you know, it's, I, I think Macca has been one of the real disappointments over the last few years. They were building into something very strong, especially with their relationship with St. George, and it's just come to nothing. Yeah, how to put the finger on from mine. Listen, they've, uh, well, see, they've had some good turnouts at their trainings pre-season, but... Um, I think you've made some good points uh, in the run sheet, yeah, particularly um, the relationship with St George, um, whether that has been a telling factor in probably the, uh, I suppose, the, the lack of depth over the last couple of seasons. We're so accustomed to George's River being so strong across all the grades. It's it's one that has hurt in particular, especially when you consider the some of the players that have come through there, in particular the the Enriques brothers, who now don't play a, a significant part, and the players you've got there now are that George's River team that were very strong in the Frank Gray Shield a couple of years ago. That again, they haven't really um, kicked on, and the the sign is that they're probably going to have to rely on that second grade um, team, or a half decent team. But this is a club at the top where I reckon. You could try to, you had about 24 odd players. You could try out a very competitive second grade team, but they just can't make the jump to first grade. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but clubs go through cycles, and this is just the back end of a cycle, I think, for George's River. Um, 
no, they're strong club. Um, long term, um, I think they'll turn it around eventually. But whether that will be this year is another another telling question. Well, that's sort of I'll come to the predictions and. It, it is going to be one of those ones we, we I think we talked about a few times in the in the grade preview, Caruso, where uh, clubs are going to have to rely on that depth. Yes, they've made the finals, but in the in second grade last year. But are those players going to be able to have an impact in first grade this year? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to have that much of an impact. They've always been sort of there or thereabouts, but they just haven't really kicked on, and it's hard to see how they're going to make that improvement. I think bottom four. And I, I can't see where that improvement comes from. And Maka? Oh, again, the, uh, these preseason predictions are very hard, particularly with a couple of weeks to go. But I think I'd have to probably, and I hate I hate agreeing with Anthony Caruso. Um, <laughs> Everyone does. Most no, do. no, I know. But listen, I can't see much else. I hope I'm wrong, but um, I think they're going to be pretty consistent with last year's performance. All right, well, we'll move. A, we'll move. We'll move along to uh, the next team in the Lane Cove, Coveys. Some original naming there. Um, sixth in first grade last year, seventh in the club championship. Um, no big changes, Caruso, but um, one big um, one big announcement that we'll be continuing on. Yeah, absolutely. They're, uh, Greg Hunt will be continuing as player coach. Um, they're, they're expecting to have a little bit more of Damian Norton uh, availability during the course of the year. Uh, this is a team that on their day, they can do some damage with having a couple of the best bats in the competition and arguably the fastest bowler in the in the competition, Macca, in one Joe Scarcella. Yeah, listen, well, you know how important Auto is to Lane Cove. Um, so I think his availability is a big key. Um, but, you know, you're right. Joe, Joe Scarcella is a pretty handy player. Um, uh, again, are they going to get the support around them? That's a good question. Um, and how many games is, is, are they going to play? Well, particularly Damo, uh, how many is he going to play? Um, but Covey's again, pretty con- been pretty consistent over the last few years, you'd have to say. They have been. And, and where they've really improved is their, their depth. So what they've been able to do is provide opportunities for the kids playing in GPS during the summer to go and play a few games for them. And it's given them an opportunity to be able to pick those kids up once they leave the GPS system. It's actually given them some fairly solid depth throughout the grades. And I think, Mizzy, over the last couple of years, they're probably the one of the most improved clubs in the competition. I'd certainly have to agree with you there. There used to be a lot of talk about was there too many teams on in that sort of area you, you saw a lot of partnerships becoming between Grade and, and Shire's clubs. They were ones that were sort of left out in the cold, but they've they've gone and forged their own path. They've realised that they're in an they're in an area where those cricketers are coming through. So why not have a why not try and tap into that which they have? And you can see that how that has affected them and how they've been able to rise up the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think Mac as Mac would probably attest to, it's important to be able to have that that pathway to be um developed so you can actually bring players through. I know with and we'll talk about it in greater depth with Northwest Sydney a little bit later on, but Lanko finding that pathway has probably helped solidify their presence in the competition. Totally agree. And I did notice that uh again uh when I played against them last year. Um Smart move from them. I think every club has got their challenges in terms of how they tap into recruitment um, and every area is different. And I think they've done a smart 
smart move here, Lane Cove. Um, that's some yeah, good some good foresight from their club. Um, because without juniors, you can't build depth. Certainly not. And um, we'll go to you first, Maka. Prediction: Where do you think you'll uh, see them finishing? Will they be able to improve on that six from last year? Oh, I think um, we might. I think they'll make the top six. I think they'll be, you know, four, four, five or six. Caruso? I've gone for the middle five. Um, I think that they will be part of that scrap for the finals. But, uh, yeah, I I think they're there or thereabouts. All righty. Well, we'll move along. We'll go to the next team in our final team before we take a quick break here on Splinters the Bench podcast. Um is the Linfield Cricket Club finishing 11th in first grade last year, 10th in the club championship. But a, a few major announcements here, Caruso, that I think is, is a is a bit exciting for uh, the Linfield Club, and particularly if we're talking about p- uh, pathways and something here that could maybe see a, a good pathway for Linfield. Yeah, absolutely. So the announcement that's come through is um, Peter Crawford along with his brother, and, you know, very exciting, this Tim Crawford, the Gordon first-grade captain, are going to be coming together to help out with a little bit of coaching around the club. I mean, it's unlikely we'll see Tim play because he's a, very much a fulcrum within Gordon District Cricket Club. But having his experience and coaching some of the, the players in that will help Linfield develop. And, you know, a, a club and a team in particular in first-grade Macca that really did struggle with the bat Having someone like Tim Crawford help to coach them up, it's only going to better their players. No, you're right. They had to do something different. Um, and, again, without run, if you're not scoring runs, it doesn't matter how good a bowling attack you got, you're going to struggle. Um, and I th- are we going to see that improve this year? Well, it's going to be hard to tell. I think it's not going to be an overnight change. Not only that, but this is the, this is the um, team that – not this team lineup, half of them are the players that won Frank Gray Shield and then went on to win second grade in consecutive years. They've now made the step up to first grade. So, you know, they're going to now discover what that step up is all about. That relationship with Gordon could be developing, especially since they've been using Cooler Park while Linfield Oval was ruled out for a year. Maka, that's going to be a very pleasing thing for them because I do believe that Linfield Oval is ready for play. Can't wait. Um, I'd, I'd very much like, not that I will be playing there this year, but um, I enjoyed playing there over the years when it hasn't been as good. Uh, obviously, they get a lot of traffic, uh, rugby union traffic as well on there. Um, I think it's big help. That certainly, well, it'll be interesting to see how the wicket takes early on. Um, is that going to make it harder for the batsman than it already is? But um, again, that's some really good news because, again, it's one of my favourite ovals in the Shires comp. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it compares very favourably against their number two field in in Akron Oval, which is probably one of the worst fields in Shire's comp, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'll tell you later in the year. Oh, yeah. We'll All see right. how we go. All right, boys, predictions for uh, for Linfield. Obviously, uh, getting some good coaching ranks, but uh, will it make a, a difference in the short term? It'll help them in the short term, I, but I think it's a long. they've got a long way to go. Bottom four for mine. Marco? Yeah, I... <sighs> This is becoming monotonous. I agree with you, Anthony. Um, yeah, I listen. I think obviously they've made some good steps to to build. Um, probably you're not going to see the rewards um, quite soon enough for a large scale improvement in twenty two, twenty three. 
All right, well, we'll take a quick break here on Splinters the Bench podcast. Shire's preview for 2022-23. We're brought to you by Atlas Chart Accountants, ISC Sport, The Post, Hornsby RSL and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the Hornsby-Karingai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about with regular weekly events, special entertainment and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 94777777 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL, proud station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby Coringai area, The Attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, The Attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, The Attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at The Attic at 4 High Street Hornsby. Call them on 94777777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And welcome back to uh, Splinters the Bench podcast here uh, on Triple H 100.1 FM and all your good and bo- bad podcast sites. I am the wise man, Matt Mears, joined here by uh, Anthony Caruso and Dave McDonald. We do it all for Atlas Chart Accountants, ISC Sport, The Post, Hornsby RSL and Business Plaza. We'll keep cracking through these teams, seven down, six to go, and seeing we've got two of the men with their clubs coming up. I'm sure we'll be spending some extra time on those, but... Uh, First up, we have uh, Mount Pritchard's uh, Southern District, good old Mounties cricket, 
Uh, they finished 10th in first grade, 11th in the club championship last year. But um, we did, uh, there is a couple of big names um, could be uh, leaving um, the Mounties uh, for this season, Caruso. Well, so far we've only had one confirmed. A couple of them are, aren't, are barely even rumours worth mentioning at the moment. But Macca, a massive one, this one. Cozzy Beadle has left Mounties for Strathfield. Yeah, he's seen the light. No question. Um, yeah, I think it's, again, uh, we talked about um, Corey being one of the the big signings of the year. I think this is one of the other, one of the other ones, sorry. Um, very handy for Strathfield. I mean, still very experienced cricketer, still very handy bat. Oh, well, what else can he, what else can't he do? Um, excellent score for Strathfield. That's going to help them hugely. And it then sort of begs the question, what, it on earth is going on with Mount Pritchard Southern District. They came 10th in first grade, 11th in the club championship. Um, their second grade team in particular finished last in the competition um, last year. For mind as well, the other thing that should be noted, they were the only club to concede all 100 wickets during the course of the season in first grade. So in other words, every time they batted, they were dismissed in a one-day competition. Very interesting stat. It'd be it'd be hard pressed to find even in our cricket where we played um, all one day as last year as well that that would happen. So it's probably not something that they want would be uh, to be screened from the rooftops. Not only that, but as you know, Macca Mounties for a number of years with the back end of the club were able to attract attract some very big names, uh, and as recently, of course, their first grade team was at one point made up of Adam Coit, Wayne Bull, Rick Lucy, Brad Maguire, and Brenton Wright. Um, you know, they even then recruited the Jalil brothers. Uh, they won three first-grade premierships in a row, but since then, it's just everything has just gone to water, and you really have to wonder what on earth is going on at this club at the moment. Well, I can probably – I don't want to be too critical. Um, yes, but you can. I can see- I can see I'll be critical about something that occurred two years ago, which for me said a lot about where that club was going. Um, it's not the same club. There's a significantly different club since Mounties have taken over from the old Southern Districts. It's lost, I feel, doesn't have its heart and soul of those guys that, that really kicked off Southern Districts um, before Mounties came along. Um, their depth is bad. Um, I don't know what's going on. So for me, it seems like South Sydney several years ago where they focused pretty much on first grade and didn't care about the rest. That's the way I see things here at the moment. And and what's really what's really concerning as well is the the discussions or the allegations that it wasn't even one squad that they were operating, but four separate teams. And the fact that you had 14, 15 players per team lining up and no one willing to move up and down grades, it really makes you wonder how this club is actually being run at the moment. You cannot run a Shires club like that. It does not work. Players, well, you'll see the effects of that um, eventually. Like, I, I, listen, I get it. Um, we've had te- full teams come to Northwest Sydney and go, listen, we want to play for your club. But we've realised from seeing well, one of our experiences and seeing other clubs' experiences that it just doesn't work. You can't, you know, that's for park cricket. 
it doesn't work for Shire's cricket. And I think um, that's – I think it's against the – I wouldn't say, I think use the right word, the spirit of Shire's cricket. It just doesn't make sense as well because you're only going to ruin internally your culture. Um, so, yeah, listen, they've got some work to do. They're going to have a lot of a, a hard think over this year about where they're taking their club. Um I'm not going to harp on it, but I will get it out of the way. Listen, two years ago, first and third grade, Mounties versus Northwest Sydney. That was a 44-degree day. And Mounties insisted that the change room that was supposed to be for the Hurricanes' first grade side be used by th- on the orders of the president. Their first grade and third grade had change rooms while both the Hurricane sides were, were sitting on the hill in 44-degree heat. Oh, get out of here. That is absolutely what happened. And when I, after that day, and I asked Robin Union about it, I said, mate, what's going on? That's the orders of the president. I lost all respect for the club that day. Uh, what is it about Robin Union going around and wherever he goes, something happens? Honestly. Anyway. Well, boys, I think we better get a prediction yeah. out of you guys um, before uh, we start World War Three. Is, um, is Harvey Specter available in case we need a lawyer again? No, listen. No, I think that's all above board. Um, I can't see them doing very well. I think they'll be bottom four. I think in both the club championship and first grade. Say bottom, bottom four, and I'll tell you what. I'm almost going to stick my neck out here and say they could be um, competing for the spoon this year. Well, hopefully, right, there's well, a few West Tigers supporters amongst them. <laughs> Well, we'll move along. We'll make uh, we'll make Macker a bit happy. We'll talk about his Northwest Sydney Hurricanes. Uh, they were thirteenth and last last year in first grade, but fourth in the club championship. And Caruso, there's a few big transfers that will have a smile on Macker's face. Yeah, I, well, I, I'll, let's go. I'll mention the transfers, and then I'll let Macker run right on this one. But um, first, we've already mentioned Corey Lowe coming over from from Auburn. Um, we've also mentioned uh, Gag and Deep Dylan coming up from Auburn, but um, here are the big pickups. Uh, Jay DeBall from Hawkesbury, Marcus Jones from Parramatta, the big one here, Pat Lawrence, the former first-grade opening bowler for Hawkesbury, has joined Northwest Sydney. Macca, this is the best Northwest Sydney first-grade team I've seen in some time. I'd have to agree. Um <sighs> I think for me, it's the result of the culture the club's built. We don't flash money. We don't have money to flash, um, you know, to offer by first grade teams. That's not, we we go the other way. The, our thoughts are the other way around, and uh, a bit get like your club as well. Developed from the bottom up. Um, I think that the culture of the club is starting to attract people to just want to be at the club. Um, which I think is a lot of what got Corey there. They saw what was going on and went, well, we want to be a part of that. A um, couple of losses. Um, you mentioned Amnon Jock Singh has gone to Auburn. Uh, Marcel Farquharson uh, moved into state. Um, but Asan uh, Ul-Huk is staying. Um, so Corey will take over the captaincy, and which is good. I think it would be good for Asan to concentrate solely on his batting. Um, you mentioned I just... Quickly, Marcus Jones played fourth grade last year for Parramatta. Probably should have played higher. Um, he has played in a lot of the state or the metro rep teams, age rep teams. Um, he just happens to be 
best friends with Declan Nash, Don's son, and saw what was going on. Went, well, I want to be a part of it. Um, very tall, fast bowler. I think we're gonna it's gonna be a handy bowling lineup. And this is and you know what? This is gonna attract further talent coming through the grade now. We've seen them come fourth in the club championship despite despite finishing thirteenth in first grade. They're very strong throughout the grades. You're defending a third grade um premiership. Uh, as well, I like what is happening at Northwest Sydney, and it's beautiful to see the the recovery of the Hurricanes. Yeah, um, so am I. Um, it was hard to have to have a bit of a spell, and you know we had a you know, couple of tough years. Um, but uh, again, culture continues. The guys have worked really hard. Um, we've got a new pre- obviously Todd Randall took over as president, did a great job. We've got Steve Hansen is now taken over as president. There's lots of things happening, some very good things. But I just, if I may just also touch on that champion third-grade team, what a team. Uh, <laughs> I, could be, I can be biased on that. No, it was probably one of my most enjoyable seasons in my 32 years, I think, I've been playing Shires. Um, but I can tell you there's another um, good signing, but it doesn't come under the first-grade banner. Damien Giroux returns to the Hurricanes. Oh, Duxy's back. Yep. Duxy Giroux is back. 100% is back. Um, yeah, very happy with that. Oh, because his back holds easy. up. Um, that's a pretty good-looking third-grade team again. <laughs> well, obviously, we know where Mac is going to go in predicting third grade, but we're here talking about first grade. I think we know where Mac is going to say on that as well. He's back in the boys. He's back in the boys. Caruso will... I don't think I've ever come to you for an unbiased opinion, but there's a first time for everything. How do you how do you see this Northwest Sydney to, uh, first grade side going this here's year? My, here's my second big prediction for this. I'm calling top four. Ooh, that's big. I'm saying this is it, it's big. It's the best recruitment I've ever seen. It's the best recruitment from this year. It's the best recruitment I've seen in some time for a particular club. I think since the year that um, Burwood announced that they had Ryan Corns and Nick Govers coming back to the club. Um. Yeah, this is very positive, and I like the way Northwest Sydney is going. I think that they're going to be throwing themselves in as a as a possibility. Yeah, guy. If I can just remind you my prediction last year and the predictions that were made. Um, I was I was pretty accurate in my uh, in my prediction last year. Uh, I think yourself and Biv predicted they'd be a lot higher. Um. I am going to assume that they'll be a lot higher this year. I I seriously expect them to be in the top six. Would you expect anything else from me, by the way? No, of course not. (laughs) We'll move along to the Pennant Hills Cricket Club. The Pumas are ninth in first grade, but last in the club championship. But a few mentions of some rumours, and one we may have mentioned on the Great Cricket Podcast, uh, Caruso, but uh, maybe a bit of a backflip there. There has been so earlier in the in the transfer the so called transfer window we the news came out that AJ Isherwood had left Pennant Hills to go over to Hawkesbury. We have now got it on good authority yet to be confirmed that that has collapsed and he Ooh. will be staying at Pennant Hills. That is my understanding. That is, uh, my, I mean, that's huge. My understanding also, and I don't think I'm out of line by saying the city approached Northwest Sydney after Hawkesbury and Northwest Sydney said, thank you, but we're right. 
Yeah, in fact, to be honest, if he came to Warringah, I'd probably be saying the same thing. We can confirm that Pennant Hills have picked up uh, former Eastern Suburbs first grade bat Mark Morley, and they have rumoured to also picked up Sean Cleesby from Auburn as well. So all of a sudden, Pennant Hills building up a very good first grade team. But as we know, Mac, the problem isn't with first grade Pennant Hills, where they've been fairly competitive the last couple of years. It's going through the rest of the grades. When I see people coming out to bat in third grade shires wearing thigh pads on the outside, then I have Ooh. a concern. So I, I, I again, I've, I do have real concerns about Pennant Hills. They've been an obviously neighbour of ours, and I do have respect for Sterling and uh, and the efforts he's put in. Um, but again, the culture is a worry. Uh, and again, where are they getting kids from? They've got. But when you think about Pennant Hills, they're in a really good area, all right? Obviously, Auburn, uh, sorry, Epping are up the road, and the chances of them merging are about the chances of you and I getting married, Anthony. Um, that'll never happen. Um, but Northern District is such a strong nursery. So for me, there's a lot of young cricketers around. Um, I suppose what are Penno trying to do to get them in and build from the grassroots up? That's, a, that's my question. It's a big question to ask. And, you know, this is a club that, you know, the only other team that they've got that it's even mildly competitive was their third grade team, which is an entire park team they picked up from Maryland's RSL. Uh, apart from that, they really had nothing to go through. They've been the whipping boys in the Frank Gray Shield competition for some time. And, of course, this has just continued on from when the club nearly collapsed back in 2014-15. Uh, the only positive I've seen from it is that, and we are very excited to announce this, of course, is that there is a brand new clubhouse at Earn Homes Oval. It looks absolutely beautiful. About time they did something down there. Um, so that's really um, fantastic to, to see. It's just a wonder what they're doing to get this club back under control again. Yeah, well, obviously, um, hoping that strength at the top will, will help bring other names through. Um and I suppose if you're looking at, at those names, well, hopefully that is not just for first grade, but investing in in some of the younger people in the club and getting them uh, uh, to a, a stronger standard. Well, predictions. Where do you, we we see them giving a couple of ins and and AJ Wood staying? How much of effect will that see them um, change from their uh, finish of uh, ninth last year? Keeping it, keeping Isherwood, picking up Sean, possibly picking up Sean Cleesby, picking up Mark Morley. Um, I could, I could now see them. I originally said if they're losing Isherwood, they're picking it up. I thought they're going to be bottom four for mine. I, I think they'll actually improve this year, uh, and I think they'll be middle five, and possibly pushing for finals. I think they'll Marco? make finals. I think they'll play finals. I that um I. Irrespective of what you think, I think AJ Isherwood is a quality cricketer. Mark Moore is quality as well. Um, I, I think they'll make the six, but again, will two-day cricket sort of change things up for Pennant Hills? I'm not sure. But I'm going to predict they make it. In terms of club championship, I'm sorry, they're going to be at the other end of the table. All right, well, we'll move along, and again, we'll preface this one that any comments made by Anthony Caruso do not represent the rest of us or Triple H Sport. 
It is the Roseville Cricket Club, the Roses. They finished eighth in first grade last year, 12th in the club championship. Another one where the band is staying together here, Anthony, but uh, this is your time. Um, I'm sure you have some interesting things to say about Roseville. Let's have at it. Well, I have to be on my best behavior, so in, in regards <laughs> to it, but I can mention that uh, there is a certain um, Facebook page that has uh, banned me from being able to access it. So um, Only one? Only one. Yeah, it just happens to be Roseville itself. So, um, you know, thank you for helping to contribute to this uh, podcast by banning me from your Facebook page. Um, in regards to the, the team itself, well, you know, a couple of years ago they made a massive coup when they signed Tim Lay from uh, Sydney University and they were they were a top three team with him included there. With him gone, the team getting older, no real progression of players up. Um, it's hard to see where the development comes through. They were unlucky not to make the finals. They missed out by a win after failing to pick up points in their last three matches. Um, now, they missed out on the finals, Macca, with a quotient above one, and that shows you how unlucky they were last year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's almost heartbreaking, isn't it? Um, again, I think they've had to really... On an eighth in first grade last year... Um, Again, if they got enough depth throughout the club, if a few guys are missing to keep them uh, up in the hunt this year, hard to say. But again, they've got some. Obviously, you know Ben Le- or Dan Lenahan. Um, you know, there's so many familiar names here that have been handy cricketers for them. Can they all put it together? Or not sure. I think maybe just outside for me this year. I think they'll be in the they'll finish in the middle five, but how long will it last for this lineup without some renewal? And the other thing that, con- that concerns me is their depth, as has been mentioned. Twelfth in the club championship with their first grade finishing eighth, and I can't tell you that's been triggered in particular with their third and fourth grade um, struggling to even get a win um, last year. So, Roseville middle five, I think they slip back and they're in danger of dropping to the bottom four. All right, well, we'll move along. Second to last team here, Strathfield Cricket Club, the Strathfield Gorillas. That's an interesting one. Um, seventh in first grade last year, eighth in the club championship. Um, and a, a, a very interesting um, in transfer for uh, for Strathfield this season. Well, let's build up to that. Now, we can confirm a, a few of these changes. As we mentioned before, Cozzy Beadle is joining from Mounties. Um it is rumoured as well, as we mentioned before, that Ian Janda will join from Epping. They have lost Tejas Gupta for Warringah. Um, but a really fascinating one to watch, Macca, is they've signed Ben Walkden, who plays second 11s for Lancashire, based in Newton La Willows. Um, fascinating signing this, but there is some really good raps on him as a class bat. Is Newton, uh, Newton Lee Willows just east of Strathfield? Um, <laughs> I will need it's to just check to the that. South. Just to the south. Just to the south. All right. Now, oh, listen, guys, Um, I suppose the tough thing with getting overseas cricketers is he'll have to go before the end of the season. So, um, you know, even if he scores a lot of runs, if it gets the finals time, um, it's more than likely he's not going to be available. But I'll tell you what, it's a very handy signing. Very I'm- handy. I, I, I can see that really adding to uh, a bit of depth for Strathfield this year. And um, 
again, if if Watto, Donovan, and the, and the likes can, can get some runs, I think they're going to um, push up a few places this year. There are there are two things for mine that will hamper Strathfield. First off, is their relatively skinny bowling attack. Um, any liner, as much as a good guy is and a handy player is, any team that has to rely on Dan Scheinflug for for wickets, um, it does speak volumes about the the quality of the of their attack, and that's going to be a concern for them to start off with, especially considering that they're moving. We're moving back to two day cricket. They're going to be a force with the bat in two day cricket. They're going to be an absolute force. The other issue that comes to mind, Macca, is Airy Park itself. When it's dry, you can, you can attest to this as well. When it's dry, it is close to, if not the best field in Shire's cricket. Oh, without question. You, you don't want to be anywhere near it when it's raining. <laughs> no, that's a, probably it's a fair assumption. Um, again, one of my favourite grounds. I love, I love the ground. Um, but, yeah, I think that... Um, Weather is going to play a part this year, guys. I think we haven't really touched on that at all. But, yeah, I think um, it will. And so that may affect uh, Strathfield throughout the year. I think, Matt, uh, Mizzy, the biggest issue is going to be for Strathfield is not going to be so much their bowling. It's going to be whether they can survive La Nina. <laughs> well, as I said, if they have a ground, uh, a ground that uh, soaks up... Uh, more, more, more uh, liquid than David Boone on a trip to England. Um, it will, it will um, probably affect some of their results, particularly with uh, how we know that there, there is some weather predicted for the start of the year. So it'll be very interesting to see. Hopefully, they've got a few uh, leaf blowers or uh, big fans within the club. They can get a rally around on a Saturday morning and make sure they can get some play on the ground. But um, how do we think they're going to, even with their big English recruit, how do we think they're going to go this season? I I think middle five. uh, I think they'll be competitive. I'd say most, if things go their way, the most likely team they'll push out of that middle five into the top four. Uh, But I I think Macca, they're going to be playing from behind, especially considering the the weather. And I'm just, there's still some question marks on their bowling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two good points there. Um, again, Aries a wonderful place to bat when it's a great wicket. Um, but yeah, if it's not, do they have the bowling strength? Listen, I think they'll be, I think they'll be pushing finals, whether they make it or not. Again, depends on those other factors that we spoke about earlier. But I think they have a side certainly that are good enough to make the finals. Well, we come to the the last, but certainly not least, team here. The Ringer Clearia Club, men in green, third last year in semi-finalists in first grade, second in the club championship by a a heartbreaking margin in four points. But, Mr. Caruso, I have to put something to you before we get to the ins and the outs. There is a big big commotion going on in the Northern Beaches that there was a certain uh, player from the beaches that was over in England and performing extremely well with the ball but has not got a call from his local side this year. Uh, what's what's the go? What's what's going on? I, I believe he was playing for another team in green, was he not? He certainly was. Yeah, yeah. I might have to have a <laughs> quiet chat with a couple of people with regards to whether this person's going to get signed up. Um, although, you know, given that you were just over in England, you might be violating our import rules though, as well. <laughs> Man, i got to go over there and be an import. I can't come back home when I literally live... 
10 minutes from the club and be an import as well. Like, we're, we're, we're importing the export at this point. So, you know, it's, this is how it's sort of working out. Mate, 20-odd wickets in 12 games at a very good average and a knee injury later, I'm, I'm ready and raring to go. So Listen, let's see nice. how we go. I'd love to see Mirzi in in, in, a, in a green cap because I'd have nothing more than enjoyment by playing against you, Mirzi, and you and I both going to town on Caruso. Oh, here we go. Well, uh, well, you, well, you know what? Well, the best thing is, is I get selected in third grade to play against you, Macker, and Crusoe's in fourth grade. <laughs> don't start him. Don't start him. Don't start him. <laughs> yes, we've got a podcast to finish. We'll we'll save the banter for uh, for afterwards. But yeah, there is some big rumours, Crusoe, um, coming in as well as a big out um, for the for the club as well. Yeah, so first off, the out, the confirmed out at the moment is Arkasaha, who's had to go to Adelaide. Uh, for visa duties. Uh, they have picked up Teos Gupta from from Strathfield, a very attacking bat. Uh, there is a rumour going around that Matty White will be leaving to go to Northern District to move closer to home, and they've got two English imports coming in, I think, from Yorkshire. I'm not sure. I'll have to find out in regards to that. Um, Macca, they were the real surprise packet last year. Uh, a very aggressive team on the park, one that loves the shorter forms, I think they're going to be one of the teams that's going to get hit um, with the move back to two-day cricket. Yeah, it's interesting concept. Um, again, the uh, thinking about how sides are going to be differently attacking two-day cricket compared to one-day cricket, I think it did help your club last year. No no problem. Um, but, again, sometimes things come down to the luck of the draw and probably – um, we're in third in first grade, second in the club championship. But if I look down again, just a couple of things didn't go the club's way. I very rarely do you guys fail to make any semifinals. Um, unfortunately, we knocked you out um, in third grade um, by quotient. Um, but I think the biggest in... Uh, obviously, if you've got a few coaching changes there, but um, Tim Burke, um, director of sledging at the Wurringa Career Club, I think is a great <laughs> um, appointment. <laughs> well, the uh, that is the other big change over. Gareth Newman won't be the um, the club coach at Wurringa Career Club. Steve Connors, the uh, I believe Matt Mears, former wicketkeeper for Manly back in the day, has now come on as, as club coach. And here's one for you, Macca, from back in the day. Damon Smith, the oh. former Burwood first grader, has now joined Warringah. There is a blast from the past. It is. I was going to say he's seen the light, but I don't know who we'll see. No, that's a that's that's very interesting. I'm not unaware of that. Very handy. Um, yeah. What? How many? If I may ask, um, have you lost many kids uh, to Manly this year? Um, only a couple, only a couple of players. But what we're seeing, starting to see more and more of, is the strength of the Warringah pathway with Manly has now meant that other clubs in the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition have started poaching our players from outside of the pathway. We've seen the usual ones where they usually they sometimes end up at Mossman, but now I've seen them go to either UTS North Sydney. I believe there's a rumor going around. Matt Mears, young Bailey Foster could be on his way to Gore, either Gordon or even Sydney University. Yeah, there's a few that, that come through. There was a few last year that even made their way up to Northern District. So that's just showing that the the pathway. Obviously, I'm I'm involved in the at the the park level um, level with with seeing those players come through, and it just 
it just shows when you've when you've got those those three levels all working together that you can produce a lot of cricketers and it said they they all have to go somewhere and and it's probably the unfortunate thing is that there's only so many places to play in that um in that uh, grade or shire setup unfortunately we don't have the the facilities to be playing um turf park cricket like some of the other associations do but uh as I said it, it, sometimes it can be an embarrassment of riches and and players obviously want to get their opportunity and sometimes they have to look elsewhere for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a challenge for them to see how they go. But um, one of the biggest difficulties that they do have is that high turnover due to the youth of the, of the club. Well said, I'm, I'm available. I have, I'm certainly not a youth. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of wickets on my, on behind me, but yeah, Seeing it from uh, the sort of the outside looking in on the northern beaches, as I said they do be able to um, they do be able to fill in um, those gaps, but it's it's whether that next crop that comes through is as good as the the last. As I said there is the big rumor that there will be a fifth grade um, Shires team as well as having a, a Metro Cup team as well. So that will that will also test the resources. Um, with having to field another team on a on a Saturday slash Sunday, so it'll be interesting to see how the club hold uh, the club handles it. But I think if we go to our predictions and we go to the top, it'll be interesting, as you said, Crusoe, how they um, handle that uh, move back to two day cricket and and whether they can make those semi finals again. It's a significant shift for them. I'm tipping them to finish in the middle five. They're going to be part of that scrap. Uh, the loss of Arkasaha in particular, Macro, is going to hurt them in the batting lineup. Um, I think you know, they're going to be part of that scrap. Yeah, oh, listen, I agree with you. I think they're going to just miss out. But on saying that, that's first grade. But I am going to predict that Warringah will be in a three-horse race for the club championship. Agreed. Oh, that's that's an interesting one. A lot of pressure on the on the lower grades there, but... That does bring to a close our 22-23 uh, Sydney Shires cricket preview. Um, this is our third of many. There's still uh, plenty more cricket to come here on Splinters in the coming weeks. But uh, we'll first thank Dave McDonald. Mate, great to have you on for another episode of Splinters. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Always happy to be a part of the great Splinters podcast. And uh, again, look forward to chatting more cricket throughout the year and most importantly, looking forward to um, well, we'll be coming over to Warringah this year. So hopefully catch up for a beer with you, Mirzi, after Hurricanes play Warringah at Warringah. Well, mate, my club, my my club literally plays. Uh, our bowling club literally is um, right next door to the uh, Warringah clubhouse. So I'm oh. sure we can arrange that. I know it um, well. I'll, yes, the the old Hubble Bowling Club. That is my cricket club. So we 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 share the nets with Warringah Shires. So. Um, I'm certainly will make that one, that one happen throughout the season. But uh, Anthony, I know you've been trundling into those uh, Weldon Oval nets, and um, you'll be looking forward to um, at least not playing fifth grade this year. Yeah, well, I've been trundling in in flippers, <laughs> given how wet it's been <laughs> lately. But um, yeah, absolutely looking forward to this year. Um, excited to see how it's going, and excited to see two day cricket return. I think you're not alone in that, but. Uh, that does bring to the end of Splinters. Make sure you uh, follow us on social media at Triple H Sport on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this is your sort of thing and you, this is the first time you're checking us out, we do a lot more sports and we'll have a lot more cricket 
uh, previews and reviews to come in the next couple of months. So for Anthony, for Dave, I am the Wise Man, Matt Mears. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another Splinters this time next week. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites. Thank you.